be with you today. My name is Rabbi Ken Brodkin. Welcome back to the Jewish Growth Podcast. We're going to do something a little bit unique today. You may be listening from right here in Manalapan. Perhaps you're a member of Congregation Sons of Israel, or perhaps you're listening from Tel Aviv or Oregon or somewhere around the world. And I'm going to actually share a message that is relevant to my particular congregation here. However, I felt that the message is one that is universal. And so I'm sharing it with all of you, and I hope that you do find it meaningful. Now, last winter, the Jewish Link here in New Jersey published an article about Congregation Sons of Israel, our journey to reinvigorate uh, the synagogue. This is before I was hired. And it turned out to be the fifth most read article in the Link in 2022. Now, this week, a follow-up article was published about the shul, highlighting some recent strides we've made and future plans And it's exciting to see the interest our community is generating. What is it about our story that's compelling? Well, for one, I think it's exciting to see an organization take charge of its future in the face of challenges. There's so much within this community that's brought us to a point where we're building a stronger future together. Now, speaking of this vision, Vayechi, which we're about to lane tomorrow, is a moment of looking forward. And our rabbis refer to this parsha as stuma, or closed. If you look at the column in the Torah scroll, there's no break between the end of Vayigash and Vayechi. Last Shabbos, as I was laning in Shul, I missed that, expecting the last parsha to end with a break, and I read straight into Vayechi. Why is this parsha closed? Rashi explains that Yaakov desired to reveal the kates, the end of days, But alas, it was concealed from him. And Yaakov wanted to reveal that future destination, but he fell short. And he blessed the tribes with the vision of who they are instead. And he wanted his children to realize their destiny. So he gave them a picture of who they are. And with that, they can carry us forward. Yaakov's guidance remains with us today. When Yaakov finished blessing his sons, the Torah says, Yaakov finished commanding his children, He gathered his feet onto the bed, and he expired, and he was gathered unto his people. Now, generally, when the Torah relates that someone has passed away, the Torah says, and he died, or he expired and died. And here, the Torah strangely omits the word, and he died. And this leads Rashi to quote the Midrash, as Rashi writes, Umisalon Amrabo. Death is not mentioned with regards to Yaakov. Our rabbi said, Yaakov Avinu Lomes. Yaakov, our father, did not die. What do our rabbis mean here? The omission of the words, and he died, indicate that Yaakov is still alive? Does that make any sense? As we see from subsequent verses, Yaakov was embalmed by Yosef, and and Yaakov was mourned throughout the region. He was buried in Hebron. Was Yaakov, who was mourned, embalmed, buried, not dead? It goes without saying that when our rabbis teach us that Yaakov did not die, they did not mean this to be taken on a simplistic, literal level. But if the Midrash is not literal, then is it merely a parable or a metaphor? I would argue that this midrash is not merely a metaphor. A metaphor is when we use a phrase or a manner of speaking to convey something deeper. But here, when our rabbis say Yaakov did not die, they mean it, just not on a simplistic level. Now, 
consider the Maharal's explanation of this Midrash in his Gur Aryeh commentary. The Maharal teaches us that death is a void or it's a lack of being. When a person dies, though, and leaves children in this world, that person has left someone in this world. And so the void is not absolute. In a sense, the deceased endures through their offspring or even through other things that they create. However, every human being passes away. So let's say a person has a child. It's true the child is still alive for now, but the child will not live forever. The fact that a son or daughter is alive is not enough for us to call just any deceased person living after they've passed from this world. But on the other hand, when we think about Yaakov Avinu, the situation is different. Yaakov was not merely the father of, two ch- of 12 children who are here today and happen to be here but will pass on. Yaakov was the father of Bnei Yisrael, the eternal Jewish people. The Jewish people are not just individual Jews who happen to be alive today. We as a people are eternal and fundamentally connected to life. As it says, You who cling unto Hashem your God, all of you are living today. Yaakov was not just the father of some individual tribes. He is the father of Bnei Yisrael. That is why the Torah does not use the word vayamot, death, he died, with regards to his passing. Even after Yaakov left the world, he is still living because he is the father of the eternal Jewish people. Every person's soul lives beyond their physical life into the spiritual realm. And every person who leaves offspring in this world surely reaps the merits of that life. But still, not everyone is the father of Bnei Israel. Only Yaakov achieved that distinction. And so our rabbis teach us that Yaakov did not die as he is living through the Jewish people. Today, we are all part of this living entity, the Jewish people. So much has changed since the days of the Avos, the patriarchs. Technology, the structure of society, family, government, science, basic assumptions about life. Even the way we learn Torah is different in some regards. And yet, we advance as a Jewish people. And as a Jewish people, the core values that define us are found in this book, this Sefer Genesis, Bereshit. A key thing about success in life is that we've got to get really clear about our core values. When we know our core values, then we can assess how we want to adapt to some of the changes that are going on in the world. But here's an important key. If you want to remain faithful to your core values, you need to understand what is happening in the world and adapt. And that's really an important part of what our community is experiencing. We've, as a synagogue, identified a desire for the congregation to continue many generations into the future. This passion was noted in the 2022 Jewish Link article. And today, we want to have different results for the synagogue compared to past years as we strive to rebuild and create a hub for the Jewish community. And to achieve that, there's no question that we are embracing change. And change is not easy. This past week, I was speaking with someone who first joined the synagogue four decades ago. While this person voted to reinstall our mechitza that happened last year, it wasn't their personal preference. And what's more, they worry that things are changing too much for the shul to remain that old sons of Israel that they know and love. Case in point, we're updating our name here with an anticipated rebrand. 
following which we will be uh, presenting and doing business as Congregation B'nai Israel, a Hebrew version of our name. Now, this change did not sit particularly well with this congregant, and she told me about what it was like for her family to join Sons of Israel back in the early 1980s, how much this place meant to her, raising her kids here over the decades. And I thought back to my own youth in the 1980s when I, too, was part of a synagogue that's not all that different from this one. And I admire congregants who stand with us through changes, updates that may not accord with their personal taste. But I also know that steps that we take today are the greatest way for us to honor our outstanding history. So much has changed in the Jewish world since I was growing up in the 1980s. What has changed? Well, what hasn't? Technology, social media, the way people speak, our language, assumptions about family, community, show membership, we even work and exercise differently these days. And through all of this, our shul is an eternal sanctuary. It's a place where people congregate and connect with one another and with Hashem, the Jewish people. And today we're updating the shul in ways that will enable us to connect with new generations. Case in point is that name update. Now, a name is so critical in the success of any business or organization and today, our synagogue is embarking on a new path of rededicating and rebuilding our shul. We aspire to be a broad, welcoming, inclusive community. And while Sons of Israel is our legacy name, and for the record, we're not changing our legal name, Sons of Israel does not capture the full breadth of our community. B'nai Israel, the Hebrew version of our name, represents both the sons and the daughters of Israel that we are made up of. And this message, that we're the entire children of Israel, sons, daughters, is a beautiful and urgent message for us to communicate at this time. And as we launch a major effort to increase engagement of more Jewish families, it really is important today that our name in 2023 reflect and represent our entire community, including sons, including daughters, in the name B'nai Israel, as we share our message far and wide, as we are the children, the entire children of Israel. Now, make no mistake about it. Rebranding and name updating alone will not cascade in um, lots of new memberships. But this is an essential step in our program to rebuild and reinvigorate the synagogue. As we modernize and update our communications, we're going to become better equipped to communicate with a new generation of Jews that all of us who are here want to see in the synagogue. And here's a beautiful thing. Our future is happening today. We do hope to build the synagogue on a larger scale, but it's so important to remember that every single individual person matters every day. Just last week, I was here in synagogue and Shabbat, and I was talking with Michael Rich, who was visiting from Northern Jersey, and he was saying how great it is to see some kids running around the, the shul pointing to Aiden Appledorf. And I was later reading the article on the link and noted uh, the comment from Emily Appledorf, Aiden's mom, talking about how excited she is to see Jewish learning opportunities here. And when we see these individuals, this one child running in the shul, we realize every single child, every person of any age that walks into the door of the synagogue or, or any Jewish organization is is precious. And Every person deserves a synagogue like this where they can connect to the Jewish people. 
And the reason that we're able to take these steps forward, of course, is because of our members, our strong supporters, our advocates. And it's not just that we have members that voted to reinstall the Mechitza, but it's that there is a real commitment to the synagogue and to forging a, a stronger future, not just for the synagogue, but for our whole locale. And of course, it goes without saying, building Jewish community life in 2023 is not easy, but it is deeply rewarding. And so here, as we make tactical shifts to prepare for the future, remember, as a synagogue, if you're part of us, that we're here because of your commitment to that future. But wherever you are, remember that you are part of B'nai Yisrael. You are part of the eternal Jewish people, the eternal people of Israel, that our father Yaakov blessed so many years ago. Thanks for being with me. I'm Ken Brodkin, and this is the Jewish Growth Podcast.